Hey everybody, Fred Dreyer here. We are off for the Christmas holiday, but I did not want you all to go without a podcast episode this week. This week's episode is a little bit different format for the Vel News podcast. It's more of an audio feature story that takes us into the Rally Pro Cycling Team's winter training camp. I attended the camp this past week up in Winter Park, Colorado. Now, Rally had tremendous success in 2017. They won two stages of the Tour of California, as well as the overall at the Tour of the Gila, Tour of Alberta, and Tour of Utah. And the team has huge ambitions in 2018. It's stepping into the pro-continental ranks, and it's going to be doing a lot more racing in Europe. So I attended this camp to talk to the team and the staff about what this meant, and what I found was actually a pretty funny scene. This camp has little to do with training and more to do with team building. And all of the riders were like playing pickup basketball, going on fat bike rides, going cross-country skiing, basically doing all these activities that had nothing to do with cycling. So let's have a listen from inside Team Rally's winter training camp. Right now I'm standing on a basketball court at the Snow Mountain Ranch in Winter Park, Colorado. Uh, I'm about at 9,000 feet elevation, and I'm watching some cyclists play basketball. There's Danny Pate, Eric Young, uh, Colin Joyce is in there. I'm here at the winter training camp for the Rally Pro Cycling Team, one of the oldest squads in the domestic U.S. Peloton. As I mentioned before, Rally had so much success in 2017, winning major races, and they have big ambitions for 2018 with a step into the pro continental ranks. Now, all of those ambitions start here at this camp, as uh, Brad Huff is about to explain to us right now. Oh, we're playing knockout. <clears throat> if anyone grew up in America and played basketball at high school lunch, they probably played knockout. And uh, we're here at Winter Park at the rec center at the YMCA. We're all trying to survive close to 9,000 feet. So anytime you hustle, you get winded real quick. It really takes us out of our element and uh, makes us work together as a team. Like when we were doing the full court uh, game, it was awesome. We actually had uh, uh, Pat and Eric Wolberg out here playing with us. And, uh, you know, it was a great team all around. So Now, as Adam DeVos and Rob Britton explain, basketball is just one of the grueling activities that they've been up to this week. Volleyball, weird somersaulting stuff, skate skiing, fat biking. Yeah, I'm finding myself out of breath <laughs> a lot, playing basketball, running around, doing stuff I haven't done since high school. Oh, lots of VO2 max stuff, lots of VO2 max. I mean, none of it on a bike, but day one was uh, cross-country skiing, so that marked, I think, my fifth time ever cross-country skiing, so I think I'm up to a solid 2 out of 10 for skill set there, so it's basically either max effort or stop catching my breath and repeat, or being scared on a downhill. Then day two, yeah, the uh, annual attack up Sheep Mountain, which I think goes up to 10 or 11,000 feet, basically straight up, like through the forest, like no trails and snow, no snowshoes. Um, so that was about 30 minutes, 40 minutes of absolute flat out sprinting up a hill. And then in the evening yesterday, we did some tumbling, so I didn't know what it was. Google told me it was gymnastics, which is basically what it was. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's jumping through the air and then tumbling on the ground. So I guess we'll be better at crashing next year. Yeah, it's just getting to know each other and becoming friends without, uh, you know, always having to measure up against each other on the climbs or, or whatever when you're riding. So it's just, it's kind of a precursor to everything we do throughout the year and you're just, sets you up a lot better. 
As Jesse Anthony explains, there's a greater value to these activities. It, yeah, you can't really put a value on it. I mean, we've, it's cool to, to all be on a different playing field on something because, you know, we get on the bike, we all know who's who. We know what our job is and who's, like, what everyone's ability is. And we're all cool with it, but getting to something like this and it's awesome for some of the guys who win a lot of races to completely suck and vice versa. Uh, so it, it's like, yeah, it's fun to just, it definitely builds the team attitude to have everyone feel like they're on the same playing field and, and then they're just like, not that we have a lot of egos on this team, but the ego gets cut down size real fast. So Rally's performance manager is Jonas Carney. As he explains, there's a bigger mission involved with this team building camp. It's always been our philosophy that, you know, to try to create a team team environment, some camaraderie amongst the guys, and 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 to try to build a culture within the team that. Uh, and, and we'd like to start off like away from the bikes, you know, do something that doesn't involve the bikes so that their guys are out of their element and that um, they have some time to just sort of bond um, rather than just meet each other for the first time at training camp and start half-wheeling each other on day one. So, uh, you know, we just try to make the camp super laid back and just let the guys get weird, you know. Um, put them all in a cabin together and then uh, and uh, give them a lot of free time. And some of the guys are expert skiers. Some of the guys have never skied before. Um, some guys live at altitude. Some guys are uh, are uh, sea level guys. So it's 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 really interesting to see the guys mix it up. And uh, you know they've been like playing basketball, doing all kinds of non-cycling related things. That uh, just bonding as a team. And it's cool to see uh, maybe your strongest climber is uh, you know playing basketball against your fastest sprinter. You know, the interaction that you just don't see that off, that often at the races because those guys are on different rosters or have different objectives for the year. So just how big of a year was 2017 for Rally? Carney says it was the most successful season in the team's 11-year history. You know, we've been, um, I think we just completed our 11th year. And uh, this, this year was absolutely, hands down, by far the best year we've ever had. Um, you know, winning two stages in California, winning the overall Utah, winning the overall at Alberta, winning the overall UCI Americas Tour, winning the overall PRT. Like, we just really, really crushed the season. And we've never had a season, we've had good seasons, but not, nothing that compared to that, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a really special season. Everything just clicked for us. And, and, it, and it, started away, it started right away Our fir in our first races in the, um, well, after our first European trip, it started in April, and then it just continued all the way through September. Just uh, really excellent performances across the board. What do you attribute that to? Um, you know, I think it's a combination of, of a lot of things. Um, uh, obviously, we, we, we pick some pretty good riders, um, but we provide those guys with a with an environment and with a culture that where they can excel. So when we do when we do pick the right riders, they tend to. Uh, they tend to really make a big step when they join our team in performance. And um, so, you know, even if we lose a key rider or two, uh, we're able to bounce back because uh, most guys tend to thrive in this environment. So uh, um, I think it's really sort of, uh, it was sort of a culmination of uh, 11 years of hard work trying to build build something. And uh, 
kind of stick into our guns on what we what we thought was the right way to do it. And then also just uh, maybe a little bit of luck, you know, just having the, the right group of guys at the right time. Rob Britton believes that success was due to a number of different factors, namely the cohesion that the team had within its various squads. You know, we didn't change a ton of riders on the roster, so that helps. We get to, we know each other a bit better from the years before. Um, you know, Hoffman and I have been racing together for four years now. Um, you know, Teo coming into the team, Canadian, that's just sort of your comrade. Uh, but I think it's that commitment to each other. Every rider knows um, that you're going to have their back and vice versa. And that goes a long way. And no one's selfish on the team. That was... I didn't see that at all, really. No one was really saving something special, you know, for themselves at the end of the race if it meant, you know, um, sacrificing the goal of the team. The team was always first. And once we really bought into that, um, you saw the success started to, like, really come in. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty amazing. And also um, that crew of guys, the stage race crew, was really um, spending a lot of time together for the whole year, like, by and large. I think we maybe made one rotation for uh, for Utah. Emerson came in um, for uh, for Teo, but otherwise we raced together. I think for just about every race from Algarve through Teo through Alberta, it was that same crew. I think just like Jesse came in for um, for someone at Alberta, and uh, but otherwise, yeah, it was all those same guys. So you really get to know each other and how each other races and. Like, the guys know if they ride for me, like, I will go all in and do everything in my power and vice versa. Like, I will do everything in my power to help someone else in the team, you know, win the race. Like, whether it's Hoffman in the leaders jersey at, you know, Gila or Teo at Nationals, like, I'm more than happy to see those guys win. I think that helps a lot. The team step up to the pro continental status for 2018 is huge. And as Carney explains, the move has been in the works for a few years now. Um, you know, I think we're ready as a team, performance-wise, for sure. We have been for a while. I think um, as an organization, we're, we're beyond ready. I think we've been operating at a pro-continental level for a few years now, and, and uh, we just haven't had the funding to, to make that step and do it properly. Maybe we could have done it, but it would have been like shoestring pro-continental, which is a really bad idea. Uh, we've watched some other teams do that, and it's it's um, it doesn't it doesn't usually doesn't work very well. Um, but uh, you know we're just we're ready as an organization. We're ready as a as a team, performance wise, and um, and we have a sponsor that uh, that uh, wants us to be there. What all goes into that stuff? We could probably talk well. for. <laughs> all a, week about that. Yeah, that's a long. You should talk to Jake Erker about that. Um, it's it's really it's it's it was really difficult, um, and you know we're lucky to have some great connections in Europe, um, people that help us make the transition and uh, take care of the inscription with the UCI. But um, it's it's hard, and if you haven't done it before, you you have no idea where to start even, you know. So you need to reach out to people who who know how to do it and and help, have them help you along because it's not something you can just pick up and do one day. It's it's unbelievable amounts of work and uh, a lot of complicated stuff with the UCI. Other than the usual North American races, what are the types and level of races that you're hoping to race in in Europe? Well. Um, we definitely want to do some 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 really big ones in Europe next year um, if we can gain uh, the invitations. 
but we also are pretty realistic about uh, you know where we are. First year Pro Continental team. We've raced in Europe every year for 11 years, but we're not a European team. It's hard to make the transition from where we are today to being successful over there. And so we want to make sure that we uh, we have sustainable growth. You know, we don't want to dive in the deep end and just kind of get our heads kicked in. Uh, we need to we need our, our young athletes to have an opportunity to compete in that point one level, HC level before we're trying to just drop them into endless world tour stuff. So we've got a lot of guys that, that really need to, to compete extensively at that level, that sort of 1.1, 1.8C level in Europe. And, uh, and, and absolutely, we'll, we'll jump into a couple of World Tour races next year. Britain says the step up to Pro Continental is a natural progression for the team, and not just because of its results. It only made sense. With California, we weren't going to be able to do it, you know, in 2018. So if they wanted to do the biggest race in America, which California still is, like, they had to go up to Div 2. Um, I think, you know, we were the highest or one of the best funded continental teams on the planet. And we were riding like a team that's more than capable of racing at, you know, a high level. Like we were racing like a pro continental team. We just weren't there, you know, all year in North America. We, the results were there. So it just seemed, and I think they'd been talking about it for a few years before. So it wasn't a foreign concept. I think they just wanted to make sure all their ducks were in a row. They weren't going to just be able to do what they wanted to be able to do it properly and build each year. And I think that's a position that Rally's been able to uh, really put them in to like, take this team to the next level, but do it properly in a very manageable way instead of what some teams maybe can, they're maybe overreaching a bit, I think, uh, with Rally as a sponsor. We're, um, and like the management we have behind us, we're in a good spot. What did you think it would mean for your own career, knowing you know the progression that you've been on in your own career as a pro cyclist, ups and downs, seeing the success that you've had? Um, where did you see this team news fitting into to your own ambitions <laughs> yeah i don't know i uh you mean i um i've never raced on a pro county team i've had close calls to getting onto those teams but i've never actually been at that level um and the way we're doing it at this point i don't know what like looking at 2018 i don't see massive changes 2019 2020 i think will be a different story and but like the story of my career i don't know what to expect it's already done so many crazy things in the last couple of years i keep having to readjust my goals and my ambitions to uh match up with my opportunities so now um i think we're in yeah a whole kind of uncharted territory more stuff in europe um you know in the middle east asia australia all of this stuff this is all very new territory to me but uh i think i'll be able to find a couple goals to uh yeah reach yeah, I mean, do you have ambitions for racing in Europe? And what has been your experience up to this point in racing in Europe? Uh, disappointing would be my experience by and large. Yeah, it's it's really hard over there. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say it's just, you know, a matter of not coming into it on form. It's just a different style of racing, and you do have to learn how to race it. Um, anybody who says otherwise doesn't know what they're talking about. It's the same thing as, like, when the European guys come over to, you know, North America. It's a different style of racing. It's more based off of fitness and less how to race the race. Like in North America, if you want to go to the front, you just go to the front, it's easy. In Europe, that's a whole different story. Pack positioning and like reading the races, like you have to learn it. And uh, being able to do that would be a nice change and something I'd really like to improve upon. I don't like getting beat up on every time. I like throw a number on in Europe, so I'd really like to improve that and 
I mean, I think with the new uh, position of the team, I'll have a lot more opportunities to, uh, yeah, try that. Yeah, I mean, last year you guys started the year off with some races in Spain and Portugal, and um, you know, there's some disappointment. I know McNulty crashed and broke his hip, and <laughs> I think uh, Joyce had a good result and um, a good and a good crash. But what was that like for you racing in like the Tour of Algarve and some of these other races? Oh man, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was eye-opening, but only to a degree. Um, I knew going into it, I wasn't, like, I was fit, but I wasn't fast. And I was hoping to, you know, try to have the steepest learning curve I could. And, like, through Algarve, it was just, I remember the one day, the mountaintop finish, I was going flat out, and I think I finished something like 15 minutes down. And it was just, like, crushing to know that that was, like, my max effort. And it was just not even, like, Packville was still like five minutes ahead of me so um and then you know we had a bit of like peppering with uh Colin you know getting a decent result in Alentejo um you know finding a groove a bit better there with it being a 2.1 versus a 2.8 HC. you know you're racing pro conti guys and like a movie star team versus like uh you know a lot of jumbo and sky and Kwiatkowski who's you know you know a month later went on to do some pretty impressive things like it's tough, but I think the guys are all on a different mindset now going into it with the success from last year. And with the addition of, you know, like Ryan Anderson, that's, he's been there the last two years. He's done it as spider tech as well. So he has a lot of experience. It's incredibly useful. So I think that'll be pretty handy going in. we have, you know, a couple other new signings that that style of racing will be, I think, pretty useful over there. The step up has brought some new faces onto the team. The team's marquee hire over the offseason was Robin Carpenter, who came across from George Hincapie's Holowesco Citadel squad. Jonas hit me up. Um, we talked a little bit last year, and nothing really came together. Um, uh, but then he hit me up again several so time of year, just before Utah, and we had a chat. And uh, just it seemed like this team was going places. Um, they had more commitment from their sponsors for a couple of years, and they were also talking a lot about expanding their European program, which I think was the biggest biggest draw for me it's like oh we're gonna go like do some like cool cool stuff in europe in the beginning or even the end of the season and just try to you know diversify the schedule a little bit from just the standard domestic pro road schedule which is you know also getting whittled down year after year um and so i think that was definitely the biggest driver i mean nice offer for money and term two years is great uh but i think it was absolutely the schedule and getting opportunities to to do something a little different and do some more stuff overseas. Carpenter was one of the best domestic riders of the last few years. He said he made the jump to rally because of the prospect of racing more in Europe. Just because there hadn't really been any rumors about Hincapi changing their team status. Um, and I had kind of had a little bit of an epiphany over the winter, honestly, about like uh, wanting to try to make the leap to go to a bigger bigger program you know world tour or pro continental or something um sort of taking a a leap outside the comfort zone of of domestic cycling and and hincapie where i'd been for you know so many years now yeah that kind of was brought on because we had a we didn't we you know we didn't do any racing from the early part of the season we didn't race until uh the prt started with joe martin in late March, early April. So I was a little bit frustrated and was like, you know what? I think I'm going to 
see how far I can push this, um, which is was pretty different than what I'd sort of publicly stated before. Usually, before a lot of the interviews I gave, I was like, you know, I'm mostly happy to just keep getting paid to race my bike, and you know, that's really what this is all about: uh, make a living doing what you love. Um, but just had this like sort of switch over the winter where I was like, you know what, screw it. I really like to, you know, like make some sacrifices here. And what was the, mo- what was the moment? Do you remember like the, the moment? Was it in a ride in a conversation? Do you remember when that thought came to you? Uh, I think it was just one evening. I don't know, like probably after a training ride or something. Uh, I wouldn't say it was like just a huge moment that I can remember, but it definitely was a bit of a, definitely a turning point, honestly. You know, I kind of, before I'd, been a little smug about uh where i was at you know making a decent living racing domestically not like the quote highest level um and i just realized that like i was playing it maybe too safe um and that it was worth trying to pursue something something different something that was maybe a little scarier uh because up until that point like life had been pretty pretty comfy on handicappy which is like awesome you know can't talk bad about that but it was just like you know what i kind of want to see what i can what i can do here uh so did you start putting the word out what does that look like no for me it was just like thinking about it like what am i what am i trying to accomplish here and sort of thinking about race goals and thinking about uh you know like what kind of races are going to put me on somebody's radar uh um but then, you know, nothing really starts really moving until, you know, midway through the year in terms of agents and talking to teams. But we, I mean, I think I sent out, uh, after I won Joe Martin, I immediately just like composed like a, kind of a generic email um, with an, and updated my resume and just sent it out to every uh, like generic team email I could find on the UCI website, you know, whatever email that people attach to their to their team profiles in the UCI. Just sent it out, um, see what would happen. Got a little bit of a, <laughs> I, I got a little bit chastised by my agent for doing that. But, you know, I was like, you know, I, my teammate Joe Lewis was like encouraging me just to put it out there, you know, because if you come at people early, then uh, it's a lot more helpful. And like kept hitting them every time I had a good result. So I was like Joe Martin, hit him once. And then uh, Winston-Salem hit him again. Um, and then kind of had like a couple of bites from teams midway through the year but nothing really materialized from like a you know like a euro world tour outfit um which is fine you know mildly disappointing but in the end you kind of look back on it and it was you know ever all these teams are downsizing um you know rosters are going from you know nine to eight and eight to seven and i think we've seen i mean if you do the numbers like there's a whole fewer there's one whole fewer world tour team out there in terms of number of riders so you know, every year seems to be a bad year in terms of uh, people moving up or getting hired again. But this one, you could you can easily quantify that. Like there are fewer spots, um, so that could be part of it. Another part of it is also you know, age. Everybody's into you know twenty year olds who are doing just as well as I am. So Jonas Carney said the team has big ambitions for its European calendar. It doesn't want to just participate in these races. It wants to factor into the overall. As far as the European racing goes, uh, I'd like to see some success at that point one level. Um, if we can if we can win or podium at that level, and uh, and then be competitive at the at the bigger stuff and uh, be you know involved in the front of the bike race. Um, I think that would be a successful season. It's 
I can't, I can't uh, stress how difficult it is to go from racing Joe Martin Stage Race in Redlands and North Star to trying to race at uh, you know HC level in, in Europe. And so uh, our athletes are definitely going to, our de athletes are definitely ready to make that step. But uh, that's going to be our goal for next year is to be is to be competitive at that point one and HC level. And. Uh, and uh, give these young guys the experience they need to like make that step. Now those goals may seem like a big ask for the team, but it's that type of thinking that makes Rally a bit different. As new team hires Ty Magner and Carpenter explain. Oh, it's been nothing but a warm welcome from everybody. Yeah. Playing basketball and volleyball and pretty much any other sport you can imagine. It's been, it's been a ton of fun. Um, have you ever had any camps like this where you're, you know, the objective is not at all cycling, where it's just other activities? Not so much, to be honest. Uh, a lot of the camps I've been to, they've always been fun, but this has been a, a whole other level as far as not riding a bike at all and just getting to know everybody and playing other sports. <laughs> it's been, you know, for a, for a non-riding camp, it has still been ridiculously intense. Everybody here loves to just go full throttle it's kind of hilarious actually there's not a whole lot of just hanging out and chatting like i think i've done like two two days basically every day i've been here at nine thousand feet whether that's skiing hyping up a two thousand foot mountain or fat biking around at two miles an hour in the in the snow um or freaking hour-long 40 point full court game of basketball that we played on the first day that was absurd. I don't know who suggested that we played a 40 points, but goddamn, everybody was just annihilated by the end of that. Uh, but yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's, you can tell that everybody here is pretty, pretty intense. They like to like to think about their training, like to be really focused on that, um, which is cool. I think it's, uh, I mean, it's just neat to see. It's nice to be able to like key off of everybody else too when everybody's like pretty focused because uh, mm -hmm. I think of myself as a pretty focused individual um, and everybody here is like you know they're off the bike but they're not like just drinking beer and and hanging out with their feet up. Whether or not Rally are able to live up to their mighty expectations in 2018 is a story we'll be following here at Velo News. So thanks for tuning in to the Velo News podcast. Stay tuned to VeloNews.com. I hope you all have a great holiday and we'll see you back here next week.